The STAND Student Podcast is brought to you by STAND, a SUIS educational development initiative supported by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that STAND does with young people across Ireland at stand.ie. Hello and welcome to the STAND Student Podcast. My name is Anson and I'm a soon-to-be graduate from TCD with a master's in international politics. And I'm Anya and I study history and political science and every month we will discuss topics around student life in Ireland. And we'll be your hosts for the Stand Student Podcast. Feel free to send us your comments on Instagram at stand.ie or Twitter at stand underscore ie. So on this week's episode, we'll be discussing climate change from the student perspective. Yeah, climate change is the issue of our generation. And it's extremely time sensitive. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC, reports that to keep the rise in global temperatures below 1.5 degrees Celsius this century, emissions of carbon dioxide would have to be cut by 45% by 2030. This is an intense goal, and governments are failing to meet the targets that would make the 2030 reductions possible. But we've all heard this. The students in Ireland have heard this, and many are taking action. In this episode, we talked to Miriam from Active Hope Ireland, who is working directly with climate anxiety. We'll also hear from students at the Stan Student Festival who are trying to make real change in the face of climate change with initiatives like sustainable fashion. Later, we talked to Helen McCann from Extinction Rebellion, a group of passionate people on the front lines hosting protests around the world and fighting the climate change fight. But first, over to Anya. Climate anxiety is no joke. With climate change constantly in the news, many young people find themselves scared for their future, concerned about pollution levels, and of course, about climate change. Many of them are taking to the streets and demanding more action from governments. But while we wait for a dramatic change for the better, how can we deal with the feelings of anxiety? For more on this, let's talk to Miriam Needham, who has developed an initiative called Active Hope Ireland. Thanks for being here today, Miriam. Thank you. Um, So can we first start off by explaining a little bit further what climate anxiety is and how it affects young people. Um, Well, I think climate anxiety is in the air and it's everywhere and it affects everyone, I think, but definitely especially affects young people because um, it's their future that is uh, at stake. Um, And I suppose something that's quite worrying that I think about sometimes for young people is that there's this narrative now um, that the world is ending and that we have you know, depending on, on what you're, what, who you're listening to or whatever, we have 10 years left, 20 years left, 30 years left. Um, and people are saying this as though it's a fact. And, and while it is um, a possible, probable, <laughs> um, uh, being very definite that um, the world will end and that we won't be able to change is a, is a really horrific thing to, to have as your narrative, if you're a young person these days, if this narrative is there's no hope, there's no point, the world is ending because we've all gone too far, um, then that's that has a massive effect on your mental health, especially if you're young and your future is ahead of you. Um, and while I wouldn't want to say, um, you know, everything's going to be fine, I would never say that, um, because obviously the ev- evidence is pointing uh, towards a different uh, probability, um, the the truth is, and the kind of the hope, the thing that gives me hope is that we don't know. Um, we don't know. 
and we, we, we do have the ability to change. Uh, we've done it before um, so many different times. Civilization has changed over and over again. Um, and so even to any young person listening to this podcast now, um, I would say to hang on to this, this fact that, that, that people might be, might be telling you facts and the probability looks, that it's gonna, it looks like it's going to go this certain way, but we really don't know. Um, um, and so kind of not knowing is what gives me hope. <laughs> There's a possibility for change and hanging on to our imagination in that way. And what about telling us a little bit more about your initiative, um, Active Hope Ireland? So what are your goals and how can people get involved? Cool. So um, I'll just say that Active Hope is definitely not my initiative, um, but I'm a part of it. But um, um, yeah, it's just a network of people that's been set up in, over, in the last year, really. Um, and it's leaderless. There's no one person in charge or no one person even coordinating it. It's really just a bunch of people in Ireland who've done Active Hope training, facilitator training, or they've done um, some kind of workshops to do with the work that reconnects, Joanna Macy's work, or they have an interest in this kind of thing somewhat. And so the network is really just um, an online Google group and social networks um, to connect people who are, who are into this as well and would like to talk about this. Um, and so active hope um, is, is realistic hope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not blind hope or, or um, any kind of um, trying to stop people from feeling sad because um, what would be the point of that? Active hope is more about facing up to the reality of what's going on, being present and, and really fully engaging with life and the world as it is now and doing it in community which is probably the most important part of it. Um, something else, I suppose, what I think about Active Hope is that um, it's a way to kind of um, delve into our, what's going on inside, in our minds, in our, in our bodies, uh, spiritually, um, uh, and also connect to it, what's happening outside, socially and politically, because uh, we, can, we can try and make all the change we want outside, politically or socially, we can, we can do massive actions or we can campaign, but I don't think it matters if we don't uh, also change ourselves inside because we live in this capitalist hierarchical society, but also we've grown up in this capitalist hierarchical society. So our brains have been formed um, to work in a capitalist way, in a hierarchical way. So I actually think uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's a form of activism to be be doing things without an aim in mind, without a business as usual mindset, um, to be doing things without always trying to get better or gain something, money or power or whatever, to be, to be thinking and feeling and living in a way that isn't capitalistic, um, as well as, you know, being anti-capitalist outside of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I think the point about... Um, being leaderless also was really symbolic for the fact that climate change isn't just about one person or yeah. one government or yeah. governments in general. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's um, it's 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 a massive thing. I think change has to happen on all levels, um, internally, uh, with your family and community, um, in in a country, in government level, right down to how you interact with your neighbor. I don't think there's any change that only happens in one place. Um, and so, kind of a lot of the active hope exercises as well would be trying to kind of connect that, um, the, the, these things on a smaller scale with these larger political movements and uh, just seeing how everything interconnects and, and, and really accepting the fact that everything does interconnect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and so how can um, people listening 
get involved specifically with Active Hope? Is there a website? Well, there's a Facebook page. So if you go to Active Hope Ireland uh, on Facebook um, and if you message us there, then we'll put you on the Google groups or um, yeah, get in touch with you there. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for um, all the information and thanks for coming on. Um, We're all worried about our collective future, we know. Um, Mm -hmm. But as you say, there's still time, there's Mm -hmm. still hope and it's not blind hope. Um, so it's great to know that young people across Ireland are um, standing together to save the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Despite the seriousness of climate change, there are many positive initiatives out there. The other day, our executive producer, Mary, went down to the Stan Student Festival on October 8th. She checked out how a group of students are taking positive action for the environment. Let's hear more about that. Stan Student Festival runs around this time every year, with the aim of encouraging students across Ireland to engage with justice and equality issues. Taking place across seven campuses, the festival is run entirely by teams of volunteer students. And this year's theme is Climate Action. We went along to a fast fashion panel discussion in Trinity College Dublin which is running as part of this year's festival, where we met Kiva and Emer, who told us a little more about the festival and what was going on at their campus. My name is Kiva Landi, and I am the chairperson of Suez Trinity this year. I'm Emer Terrell, and I'm the stand rep for Suez Trinity this year. Um, so the Stand Student Festival is running this week from the 7th to the 11th of October in Trinity. This year's theme is climate action, so all the events carry that same theme. Tonight we had our sustainable slash slow fashion um, panel discussion as well as a small upcycling masterclass at the end. Um, So basically we had four um, panellists that are involved in the sustainable fashion kind of circle. It's not an industry but like the... I guess section in Ireland at the moment um, and they're all involved in promoting sustainable fashion on social media and through different platforms um, and then we also had our MC for the night who asked the questions and um, her name is Alba Mullen and she also has an Instagram page called Trashin where she promotes sustainable fashion. So yeah we kind of just thought it was like a really up and coming interesting way to look at climate action especially from a student perspective where it's something that we can all actually be conscious of and do. But I think we're the first generation that have grown up in third level education. I mean, this is like a really prominent, definitely happening issue that we all know we're causing. Um, and as well, we're probably going to be the ones that are affected by it the most because it's our lifespan. And after us, that's going to affect us. Yeah, and I think like um, the reason we kind of focused on sustainable fashion specifically like within climate change is because climate change can be such like a big issue and it can be hard for like individual students to to... I guess understand or like think of ways that they can actually um, make a difference and make something that's actually going to have an impact. Um, so I think sustainable fashion, at least, it's something that you literally make a conscious decision of every day. So um, it's a great facet of climate action to um, discuss because students can have such a big part to play in it. I think as well. We then got talking to some of the panelists from the evening. 
What motivated them to live more sustainably and what tips did they have for the general public? So my name is Geraldine Carton and I am the co-founder of Sustainable Fashion Dublin which is an awareness raising and events collective that aims to promote the positive and fun side of sustainable fashion whilst raging against the machine that is fast fashion. Um, well I suppose my background is in, I was a journalist and I was writing for a women's fashion magazine ironically so I was really knee deep in the fast fashion or fashion industry and c- promoting consumerism and um, I I suppose after a year of working in that industry, I kind of just really feel started to feel like it wasn't sitting right with me and I didn't feel necessarily comfortable and I felt like there was something more positive I could be doing with my time and I'm a big fan of like organizing events and like, you know, grassroots initiatives. I'm a big, big um, advocate for a circular economy. So that's reusing clothes that are already in circulation. I think that we have more than enough clothes on this planet. I mean, every second of every day, the equivalent of a truckload of um, clothing goes to landfill or is incinerated. So we just, we don't need more clothes. We own 40% or was it four times more clothing than our parents' generation did, but we're keeping it for a half as long. So there's this disposable culture whereby people kind of see their clothes as disposable as a coffee cup because necessarily they kind of are as cheap as a cup of coffee. So what we're trying to promote is actually elongating the lifespan of clothing, reduce them, which reduces its carbon footprint, and just respecting the fact that you know our clothes have caused damage to maybe the people who made them or to the environments where they are being made. So it's kind of it's all done in vain then if we just throw them out. Um, so by elongating the clothes that are already in circulation, by reusing our own clothes, looking at what's in our wardrobe and just extending its lifespan. So my name is Alba Mullen. Um, I'm a final year student at Trinity College of Dublin and I also run a sustainable fashion Instagram called Trashen. For me, sustainable fashion is probably all about reusing what you have and realising that the clothes that you own, someone made them and there's someone behind the clothes and kind of at making that link between the production line and also kind of the buying so that when you go into shop you realise that the clothes didn't just like magically appear there that they were made by someone that they came from somewhere like the material had to come from somewhere they were shipped like all the time and stuff that you have to kind of consider I think sustainable fashion is really for me about that about just remembering that there's kind of like a cost behind the clothes but also I think it's kind of about just I don't know having fun with it like using clothes you already have buying with friends kind of doing whatever you can to just make the most out of your wardrobe. First of all, what I did to become kind of more sustainable um, minded and kind of like make it easier for myself was delete all my, like unsubscribe from all the fast fashion brands. I was subscribed to all of them. And like if you're getting emails every week been like 50% off for the thing, you're kind of going to like click on it and have a scroll. So I unsubscribed from all of those. I deleted all the apps on my phone and also on Instagram then I unfollowed anyone who was trying to sell me stuff or any kind of like influencers who I did like, like let's say people from like reality TV shows or stuff that I liked their sense of style and stuff, but ones that I liked what they were but they were constantly, constantly, constantly trying to sell me stuff from brands. So I just completely unfollowed all of them. Um, and I kind of changed my Instagram kind of like following. So I know there's a lot of talk at the moment of like about let's say around body positivity movement and stuff that you need to like follow people who like are being positive and stuff. So I think it's exactly what the fast fashion industry you need, to, or the yeah fast fashion industry you need to unfollow those people and kind of cur- curate your own Instagram feed where it's full of people who are like involved in sustainable fashion, secondhand, vintage shops, all this sort of stuff. Like maybe like groups like in Extinction Rebellion, like Sustainable Food Dublin, all that sort of stuff, and curate it so that when you go on Instagram, you're not being bombarded with all these type of like fast fashion retailers and like ads and promos and all that sort of stuff because that actually makes it way more difficult for you. You can learn more about the Stan Student Festival at stan.ie forward slash festival or by following us on Instagram at stan.ie. There's still lots of free event schedules, so make sure to join us for one.
That was awesome. Thanks for that, Mary. Some great student initiatives coming out of the Stanford Student Festival. It's great to hear the innovative ways we can reduce our environmental footprint. Exactly. There's things we can do on an individual level to help the environment. Even if it seems like it's small, it can make a big difference in the long term. On that note, we go now to our next guest who will tell us a little more about a well-known climate action group here in Ireland. With young people protesting around the world and demanding more action from political leaders, students are taking the lead in challenging the status quo and fighting climate change. To discuss this and more, Helen McCann from the Extinction Rebellion has joined us for some conversation. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming. So let's just start here first. What inspired you to take climate action? So I was actually thinking about this today um, since I have to articulate it. Sometimes you just find yourself in a position and you don't really know how you got there. But I think it stemmed from my involvement in primary and secondary school with the green schools. So that's like an initiative to help secondary schools and primary schools uh, kind of take steps to becoming more uh, climate friendly. And then from then, you know, when I went to college, I somewhat went on a hiatus from caring about the environment, to be perfectly honest. I'll put my own hand up and say that. Um, And then I was researching into plant-based living and more from a health perspective. And from that, I learned about the huge emissions that come from the agricultural industry. And it kind of just awoke something in me that was like, whoa, how is this such a big thing and no one knows about it? And from that, um, I kind of went on to do my own desk research as such into fast fashion and the hugely um, detrimental industry that that is. And then I realised the more I looked into all these different social justice issues, there was one under, underlying issue, which is uh, climate, climate change or climate breakdown or the climate crisis, as it's more appropriately uh, called now. So that's been my route into it. And yeah. then, yeah, I kind of got involved with the student union uh, on their environmental campaigns as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So then what you started with Extinction Rebellion then as well. Yeah. What was it about that organization kind of specifically that decided, got you involved with that? Uh, I think the main thing about Extinction Rebellion is they're doing something that no one else, or at least no other massive movement has done yet. And change up until this point hasn't been effective. Like if you look at the science, we're just on a, terrible trajectory into our future if we keep going the way we are so when I saw that there was a different approach and an approach that's scientifically backed you know Extinction Rebellion is based on social science and uh, how you know uh, social change has been achieved to date I yeah that just appeals to my to my logical scientific Mm, brain but also the fun aspect of it I mean I love theatre I love acting all that stuff as well so I saw that as a as an interesting way to get involved, you know, just on a personal level as well. Yeah, yeah. Extinction Rebellion seems to have these kind of create, creativity aspects that it doesn't. Um, one thing that I that I'm curious about because it, it definitely has in the research that I've done has a bit of roots in like the Occupy movement um, and things like that that have been criticized that don't have direction or don't have goals. Does 
Accenture and Bellany have goals, and if they do, like what, what, what would you say those are? Yep, they certainly do. So the goals, they have three primary goals, and these goals are pretty much the same internationally, but I'll just repeat them as they are stated in the Irish movement's Perfect. version. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we've got number one, which is, this is no particular order, uh, government and the media need to tell the truth. So this speaks to the fact that up until this point, the urgency and the, the scale of the you know crisis hasn't been communicated to them to the mass public and that has to be done if we hope to achieve any sort of uh, valuable action on it so that's the number one priority or not one number one priority number one goal i should say it's not, yeah. it's not the number one goal scratch that it's, <laughs> it's just the first in the list okay <laughs> the second the second is to achieve uh, net carbon by 2030 uh, and also halt the biodiversity crisis as much as possible, because that's another huge part of uh, interrupting the life cycle on this planet. And the third is to enact the recommendations of the Citizens' Assembly. So the Citizens' Assembly, we have one in Ireland on climate change. It's a group of people who are selected from across society to make decisions and recommend solutions um, on public issues of which mm. climate change is definitely one. Okay. Uh, and that's they're, they're fully educated on the facts and then they make a decision as a group and come to a consensus. That's how it works. Interesting. Yeah. Now, so far, their recommendations arguably haven't been brought into action. So right. that's what needs to be done. Right. Okay, that's good to hear. So that was kind of my next question. Like, have you seen, like, have you seen the needle been pushed in the right direction? Because you guys have been active a lot and... Especially, you know, especially in Ireland and the UK, you know, there's been lots of action. Yeah. Is the needle going on the right way? Yes, I would think so. And mm. it seems from the media that it is. Uh, the first rebellion week, which was back in April, as a result of that, as a result of people getting out on the streets and causing mass peaceful civil disobedience, the UK government declared a climate change or a climate and biodiversity emergency Irish government followed suit so that was the result of the first rebellion week uh, our second one in Ireland here has just gone by so it's quite hard to measure the impact of that just right. quite yet but polls would suggest that it's now being mentioned more in public discourse and people are starting to become um, more concerned about it right so it's definitely causing a shift the shift needs to be massive right so it's hard to tell if we're on like a tipping point or if this is going to take longer, it's just impossible to know. But from my own personal experience of talking to people as well, there's definitely a new way of talking about this emergency, and it's that it is an emergency. It's not mm. some science, you know, that oh someone else will fix. People are getting more concerned. Yeah, that's a good leeway into my my next question because it, you're right. I think like lots more people are talking about it on kind of on both sides of the political spectrum. Like even conservatives these days are like, yeah, you know, climate change is a real thing. We need to do it. Yeah. But I even think even more centrist people might say, like, 100% climate change is an issue. But then they bring up the how are we going to pay for it aspect. And lots of them would argue that there needs to be like a phasing out sort of period that includes, you know, maintaining usage of fossil fuels and kind of the way we do things, the status quo. Does Accenture Rebellion or you have any ideas about how can we pay for the thing? Um, I completely agree with the fact that it has to be a just transition and this is also one of Extinction Rebellion's demands um, is that 
everybody needs to be included in the picture of the solution. We can't leave people who work in fossil fuel industries, who work in industries like the fast fashion or you know maybe animal agriculture sectors, as I mentioned earlier. We can't leave those people behind. We have to carry them on and support them in this change. Uh, however, that being said, we cannot use that as an excuse to not act quickly, to act now. Sometimes people say based off the IPCC guidelines that we have 12 years left, we have no time left. We have had the science for 20 or 30 years. Every day that we wait, more harm can be guaranteed. We can see that trajectory in science. So the transition, while it has to be just, it has to be as swift as possible. Uh, Extinction Rebellion's place in this conversation is not to offer scientific expert solutions Mm. that's what our government is meant to do Uh, however as an individual i would see in ireland um, that we have a few particularly harmful industries uh, in terms of speaking about the climate Mm. such as the agricultural industry which were so heavily based in ireland to to rely on for our our income and for you know economic placement in the world we can't continue into that into the future like that. We're just, you know, digging our own grave there. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you, um, so there, extinction rebellion is like kind of like a highly activist activity. And I think there are lots of people who are drawn to that because they care so much. But I think there are lots of people who care so much, but they're like kind of maybe shy on the activist part, potentially myself included. <laughs> but it's not to say I'm not an advocate. Um, do you have any tips for people like me who are kind of a, a non-activist who really, really care? I completely relate to that so much. <laughs> I've only gotten involved in activism in the last year okay. and uh, definitely before would not have put myself in the in the activist box, let's mm. say. But I, I really, truly think that activism, it's a spectrum. Like there is, and it's, it's not even a spectrum because there's not one end that's better than the other. It's just, there's so many different ways of being an activist and you don't even have to necessarily call yourself one. And... Um, and I think it can be quite intimidating seeing some of the strong personalities and the passionate voices that stand out. People mightn't relate to that so much. Yeah. Uh, they might think maybe my approach is slightly different. Mm. Every approach is so valid and needed within this movement. We need all different types of voices. Right. So I think my number one piece of advice is, from a personal um, perspective would be please, if you can, use your voice. Mm. That is more important than any individual lifestyle change we can make we need to speak up and that goes beyond the elections it means speaking up now as i was saying to early earlier this is an emergency we can't wait till the next general election is called we have to act now um, and using your voice can be anything from having this conversation with your friends and family a really undervalued mm. um piece of this puzzle that we need to 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 slot into place yeah also if you can get out and protest, protests can be making art. Mm-hmm. Protests can be sharing a meme on your social media. Protests can be deciding I'm going to repair my shoes instead of buying a new pair and fight back against the system. There's so many different types of protests. Right. Um, but I would say that individual um, level change, individual um, level change isn't going to fix this problem and we know that it Mm. has to be a radical system change and the best way we contribute to that is by speaking up interesting that's that's really interesting my my partner is a vegan and so i would say one of my main contributions to reducing my climate footprint is i 
I'm dating a vegan. <laughs> but, no, but I obviously have greatly reduced my, my meat consumption and I do a number of, number of other things. But uh, we've always, her and I would always say that we don't like to, you know, run the guilt parade. You know, we don't like to make people feel guilty, which can kind of turn people off. You know what I mean? So that's, but you make a very good point. I think that is one of the best things we can do is at least have a conversation with one another. 100%. And guilt, oh. Guilt is so part of this. It's part of the system that we have built. It's just a self-perpetuating system at this right. stage, but it's built into putting the the blame and the responsibility back on the consumers, back on the people, the regular working people. You know, right. the, no one should feel guilty. No one should feel guilty for not being able to engage in this issue. It's hugely emotionally tolling as well. Right. And I think that's a real piece that has been undervalued. This is emotionally effective stuff. And some mm. people can't yet, or maybe for not another while, deal with that. Yeah. Um, and we need to support each other through that and certainly not point fingers at all. Awesome. Bring each other up. That's great. And just last thing, like if you could point to any of our viewers, to our listeners, I don't know if they're viewing anything, but you know, <laughs> or they're walking. But um, if you could point any of our listeners to like a particular webpage, maybe it's Extinction Rebellion, have a good like info page or something like that yeah so the irish uh, website is www.rebellion.earth and um, also they're great on social media um, and if you want to get more actively involved with the with the movement you can sign up online and you'll be added into our group where more discussion happens awesome great thanks so much for coming i really appreciate it thanks for having me no worries We'd like to say a big thank you to Helen and Miriam for being here, and of course to all the volunteers who are working so hard on this year's Stan Student Festival. Yeah, some, some great stories coming out of there. I think many of us know how important the issue of climate change is, but still many of us are struggling to find ways to limit our carbon footprint. And I think that the Stan Student Festival shows some great starters, you know, rethinking the way and frequency um, we purchase clothing. But, you know, we can also eat less meat or just bite more. Then we can move on to bigger things, like whether or not you know if your TD's position on climate change is pushing the needle. Or, you know, if they're not, then you can send them your concerns. Exactly. It's our shared future, our shared planet, and we all have our own role to play. Tune in next month for our special on young men's health.